Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about terrorism. Torah terrorism. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today I have my husband Benjamin with me. Hello. And I hope you enjoyed the introduction because it was his idea. And even though I felt absolutely ridiculous saying it, I did. Um, the title of this is, is Don't Be a Torah Terrorist. And actually, I wasn't sure I was going to do this particular subject. I almost changed my mind when I decided to have my husband on here. Before we get into that, before I forget like last week, this week's tour portion is Matot and Masse, which means tribes and journeys. So this is a double portion, correct? It's a double portion. You can find it in Numbers chapter 30, verses 2 to 32, and then Numbers chapter 33, verses 1 to 36. Ah, 1 to chapter 36, verse 13. Sorry, I'm trying to read my own writing. Then the half tour portion is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 3. And also Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 4 to 28, chapter 3, verse 4, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. The Brit Hadashah is Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 22, and James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. That's quite a bit of reading this week. It is quite a bit of reading this week. Um, and honestly, we did not read it beforehand. Sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. Um, we were too busy having a big, huge fight, so... My fault. No, it was, it was both of our faults, but um, we both survived, so that's really what counts. By the skin of my teeth. By the skin of your teeth. Yep. Um, which actually is why I, I thought about re... Uh, changing up the yeah, subject. Yeah, changing up the subject, because I was actually thinking about talking about vows. Mm. Then I was like, nah, we'll talk about this. This is what I'm, I'm really would rather talk about. Um, I, I was talking to my husband about it, asking him what he thought, because typically when we fight, I do most of the talking. So I'm a little exhausted, not going to lie. Right. And uh, he had a lot to say about it, and he was quite passionate about it. I thought he was had a lot of really great points. But well, Don't talk me up too much before we get started. I might blow it. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, a lot of people... We all have our own preconceived notions of, one, what a terrorist is, but also um, when you think of Torah terrorists, it's not a term that I think most people... Did we kind of come up with we, that? I think we coined that term. We coined that I mean, term ourselves. I'm sure somewhere out there someone's going to be like, no, this person did it for... Well, as far as we know, we coined that term. Because the beginning of our messianic walk, we would have defined ourselves as Torah terrorists. Well... Looking back so. on looking it, back we, on looking it, yes. back on it, we would have. At the time, we thought we were, we thought we had everything correct, and we, we were, all, we yeah. were right. And everybody was wrong. Exactly. And everyone who did disagree with us was going to hell. I don't know if I'd go that far, but they certainly were not in the will of God. But yes, um, I would have gone that far. <laughs> okay, because that's how extreme I go. Okay, fair enough. Um, so I wanted to talk about the subject because no matter what kind of belief structure you have, at least when it pertains to Christianity, I think Judaism and being messianic. I'd also go as far as to say Islam. Islam too, yeah. you think so? Yeah, yeah. probably true. Um, we all have a time in our belief mm -hmm. 
in whatever it is we believe in, where we are very zealous. And a lot of people say it's like, you know, you just have the passion and the fire of, of God, at least, you know, for those who are Christians. But it's not, the problem is it doesn't necessarily coincide with having love for our fellow man. And it's also not tempered with wisdom. Yeah, we have, and a lot of times we don't necessarily have all the knowledge that right. we need as well right. to help us actually understand and have discerning. Like, hey, yes, this person might not be, you know, in, in direct alignment with Adonai, but there mm. is some right. uh, leeway here. Or, you know, this isn't something to a hill to die on right. per se. Before we go too much further, we should also say that although we, you know, coined that term Torah terrorism, the world might know something similar uh and a lot of people will call it you know being legalistic yeah now we might define legalism very differently than you know say a southern baptist or a you know evangelical christian or a uh, practicing catholic they might have an entirely different definition of legalism mm -hmm. um and we were talking about that for a little bit we were like okay well what what exactly do, do we mean when we use the word legalism when we say that what does that mean and the kind of thought I came up with was like, okay, well, we all have doctrines and philosophies that we develop based on our faith, based on our understanding of scripture. And where we can run into trouble is when those doctrines and philosophies based on our understanding of scripture don't actually line up with scripture. So, and I gave the example that there's a, a lot of people in say the Southern Baptist movement who are, you know, teetotalers. They think that drinking is, completely wrong and you shouldn't drink because the Bible says that, you know, not to even look at the wine when the cup, when it sparkles. And there's a lot of talk in the Bible about how being drunk, uh, being a drunkard is bad. And there is, but there's also portions in the Torah that specifically talk about like when you go to the temple and you uh, have your tithe bind up in your hand that you can use it to buy uh, food and drink. It even uses the word strong drink, whatever your, your soul desires. Um, so I don't think that it's biblical to say that drinking is in of itself bad, that being drunkard, being a drunkard is in the same way that a lot of uh, Christians would say, well, smoking is right out of the pit of hell. If, you, if you're a smoker, then, you know, that's not you know, God's will. And it's like, OK, well, yeah, I would agree. Smoking is a bad thing for you. It's not good for your health. Right. But it's also not something that scripture directly says thou shalt not do. Right. So we take these things that are not scripture. And we make rules out of them. And then we turn around and we do the thing that is not, in my mind, legalism. And that is, we say, portions of the Bible. If you follow portions of the Bible are legalism. And that, to me, is just ridiculous. Because I came to the conclusion, like, how can the Bible be legalistic? If it is from Scripture, then it is, by definition, given, inspired by the Holy Spirit, good for doctrine for reproof for education for training in righteousness so if you're trying to do what is in scripture you can't it, it, that's not legalism now if you are using that as a cudgel against people and saying because you're not doing this because you don't believe like i believe therefore you are bad you are this you are that you're the other thing and that does not solely the realm of the messianic uh, believer that everyone of every denomination has people who do that who who are legalistic and again i'm going to you know reiterate i don't believe that saying this is scripture this is the word of god this is what god says to do and what he says not to do that that is a, that is legalistic now you might say 
well, if you say that, you know, you have to do these things in order to earn your salvation. Yes, that is legalism. Salvation is the free gift that comes through faith in Yeshua Messiah. That is the only way that we are able to achieve salvation. We cannot achieve salvation through any of our own works. We are, all of our works are filthy rags. So what is the point of doing works? What's the point of doing any of the things that are in the Bible if Yeshua gave us salvation as a free gift? Salvation is a free gift. Sanctification you have to work for. Sanctification comes through the word of God. That is the purpose of the Torah. The purpose of the Torah was sanctification, not salvation. God saved the children of Israel out of Egypt at the Passover through the blood of the Passover lamb. Then he brought them into the wilderness for a period of sanctification. Hmm. There is a multi-step process here. Um, and the other thing that I've you know changed my mind on over the years, I used to believe that I had everything right. And I still do think I have everything right. Now, <laughs> let me caveat. What do I mean by that? What do I mean when I say I still believe that I have everything right? Well, if I didn't think that I had you know made a right decision, if I think that I had wrongly interpreted scripture, wrongly divided the word of God, I would change my, my mind. And if someone can convince me that I have, I will still change my mind. The thing I have changed is I've made a few allowances. I've made, made allowances for the possibility that I'm wrong, that I have made a mistake in my interpretation of scripture. And I've made allowances for the fact that there are people of all walks of faith, whether they're Christian, whether they're Catholic, whether they're Baptist, whatever, who love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love their neighbor as themselves. And although they don't believe the same things I do, that they are genuine believers in, in Yeshua Messiah, whether they call him by that name or whether they call him Jesus Christ. And here's the other thing that, you know, I was talking to uh, our, our retired rabbi recently. He said, you know, as much as we think we've got things right and we're doing the things of the Torah, we're trying our very best. There are people in the Baptist church down the street that are further along in their walk with God than we are because they have a love for their fellow man and for God that we just have not achieved yet. Because, you know, Paul is pretty clear. Love is the key thing when it comes to all of this. And Yeshua is clear about it too. He, you know, Paul says, you know, if I, if I have uh, all knowledge and I know all of the mysteries of the world, but I don't have love, it's nothing. If I can tell this mountain to, to move, be removed and it's moved and I have all power to do all things, but I don't love, it's nothing. And Yeshua echoes that when he's talking about when he's asked, what is the most important commandment? And he goes to the Shema. And what is the Shema? It says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So you can have all of the right interpretation of Scripture, or for that matter, all the wrong interpretation of Scripture. But if you don't have love for God and for your neighbor, none of it matters. Yes, you can be working on the, the act of sanctification and, and going through that process and learning more about God and being transformed, but the biggest way you're going to be transformed is that you're going to be made more loving, more loving of your of God and more loving of your neighbor and hopefully more loving of yourself. First John 4, 20 and 22 says, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. 
And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should also love his brother. Right. And I think that we get caught up in that, especially when you, I guess maybe when you first come to um, a saving knowledge of Yeshua, especially mm-hmm. because you don't have all of the knowledge. And maybe, you know, one of the things I think is lacking in all of these different denominations, including Messianic, uh, is there's no set discipleship there's not actually like a very good discipleship program for a lot of these new believers where mm-hmm. they don't they can actually sit under somebody and actually get their questions answers they kind of have to figure it out themselves right and when you do that you start thinking that you actually have all the answers right. and because you have all the answers everybody else should be following the same way that, that you believe and i think that that's the mm-hmm. big uh mistake that a lot of us make yeah well i think the other thing that we the, the trap we fall into, and it's not necessarily a trap. It's just kind of a natural thing. The first thing to come is the love of God, loving all the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when that happens, you want to do what he wants you to do, and you want to please him, and you want to say, Lord, you know what what is it that your word says so that I can follow you as closely as I can? Right. But you forget the other half of the equation, which is loving your neighbor as yourself, because they're made in the image of God. I mean, how can you say like, oh, well, that person is from the pit of hell and they're going to hell because they don't keep Shabbat. Well, that person is loved by God just the same way that we are. He made him in his image in the same exact way that we he did. And if he calls upon the name of the Lord, calls upon Yeshua, whether he calls him Yeshua or he calls him Jesus and he asks him to to save him from his sins, then he'll be saved from his sins. Right. And, you know, the rest is up to him. We can try to help out, but if we don't do it in love, we're just pushing our neighbor and our brother further and further away. Yeah. I mean, I know that this is something that we definitely struggle with because you know that I, I come from a Pentecostal non-denominational background and then I was doing my own thing and it turned, mm-hmm. like, totally turned my back um, on God for quite a while. And my husband was an atheist, so that's a whole nother kid caboodle. But right. I mean, when you know, I rededicated my life, he became a believer and, and he started doing all the studying and asked me all sorts of uncomfortable questions like, why do we do this? And why don't we do this? And why do we do these things, even though they're not in the word of God? I didn't have very many answers for him. And uh, when he started becoming, you know, uh, learning more about um, Adonai and, and Abraham and Isaac and, and Jacob and all those people and all the Israelites and the Hebrew nation and, and where Yeshua actually comes from and, and understanding the context. And he became messianic for lack of a better term. You know, we're not really big on labels, but that's what you would call us. Um, you know, my side of the family, they're still believers and they're still, I guess, I don't know if they call themselves Pentecostal non-denominationals, but they're still believers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know for my mom, I talked to her on a daily basis. She was very, very nervous about the whole thing. And she would call us legalistic. And mm-hmm. we had a lot of different conversations about it. I think the one saving grace was the pastor I grew up with became messianic. And the pastor's wife is my mom's best friend. So she understood we weren't joining a cult. Right. And and I think that my mom's you know best friend was able to kind of give it to her perspective and understand, like, this is where they're coming from. I don't know. Maybe she even said like, give him time to cool down because man, we were just <laughs> on fire. Like we, I was just ready to argue with her about everything. And it just wasn't, it wasn't, there was no love there. It was just, I'm right. You're wrong. And you need to listen to you me. Know, that's a really good point. I think that's a really good analogy. Actually, when you first come to this kind of uh, an understanding, you are on fire. And when you're on fire, those around you can get burned. Yeah. Because you have to temper that fire with love. Yeah. 
because it's like we're not telling you to like lose your fire and passion for the lord no absolutely we're, not we're telling you hey you need to temper that with the love that yeshua has for each and every person on this planet which i think it's a lot easier for us to overlook when it's convenient for us right and we're also not telling you to to lower your standards to say well okay that means that i can or i should go back to to church on sunday no but what it does mean is that you should love your neighbor who does go to church on sunday right and that you two can still talk and you can still talk about god and you can still fellowship together and you can still be friends and you can still try to convince them in love and they can try to convince you in love and you know honestly my mom and i's relationship is a really good example of that um i do talk to her on a daily basis because if i don't she thinks i've died and she gets worried for me but um i enjoy talking to her she uh is very important to me in my life well. but we don't agree on everything. Like I don't, we don't agree on maybe what the definition of legalism is still to this day, but we still can love each other. And we do talk about God and we do have a lot of, we actually really have a lot more things in common mm -hmm. than we would think that we don't like, she respects the fact that we don't celebrate Christmas and Easter anymore. And slowly but surely I've at least been able to say something like Merry Christmas, although it, it's mm -hmm. still something that I'm not super comfortable with, but I will because I love my mother. Yeah. And I love my family. And, you know, the same is true. She's been, you know, very supportive of us in what we're doing and what God has called us to do, even though she does not necessarily agree with half the things that with we our doctrine. do with our doctrine and yeah. what, how we interpret the Bible. Right. So I think that is just important for each, each and every person listening, like, hey, one, don't beat yourself up too bad, but two, like, if don't, this is you, also don't beat up the people around yeah, you. Don't too bad. beat up the people around you too bad either, because I think that we—it's—it's it's funny. A lot of people who left the church and and have moved to the messianic movement mm -hmm. did so because of this kind of behavior. And the irony is, we end up becoming what we hate. Right. We end up becoming exactly like those people where we're beating people over the head with the Bible, and it's like that's not what Yeshua is calling us to do. Now, obviously, which I've said before many, many times, I'm not saying to love these people into hell, as in, do not love these people and say, yeah, it's perfectly fine for you to live the way that you're living. Right. You know, you still call them out on like, hey, like, this is not godly behavior, but you do so in love. You don't do it with, I don't know, cruelty or, you know, your own preconceived notions or biases you do it in love because mm -hmm. they are also a human being just like you are and we're all called to love each other and just like as parents we have to discipline and instruct our children sometimes we have to do that with other people but hopefully we are disciplining and instructing our children in love as well and not right. with anger or malice malice or any of those things so yep. that was kind of my thought process on what we should talk about today um because it's it's so funny because it, it's, I kind of forget about it. And then I'll meet a new believer or I'll meet somebody who's newer to the faith. And man, it's like, I don't want to say it's a broken record, but I'm like, man, it's so prevalent. Like yeah. we are so prone, especially when something is new to be so gung ho that we just, we can't see the, the forest for the trees. Is that how that says? I, yeah. you, you know, I'm terrible with, I tend to mess no, up. No, no, you got that one right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just we're so focused and it's the focus isn't bad, but we're forgetting a lot of other things. So I would encourage you if you are in the uh, infancy, the beginning stages of your walk in Torah to yeah. just try to temper your enthusiasm with love, your, your zeal with knowledge and your uh, judgment 
with uh, with grace. And if you're not, and you you see somebody like that around you, even though it may be inconvenient, pray about it and see about maybe discipling that person. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is that's what we're supposed to do is go out and make disciples of all men. It's not a go out, preach the good news and leave them hanging. So they have no idea where to go from there. So they have to make it up as they go. Um, Discipleship, I think is so important. And it's something that's very much, I think, severely lacking because those of, of us who have been believers for so long, it really is in our own minds, an inconvenience to actually have Which to is, mentor yeah, someone really un- unfortunate. It should be an honor. It should be, you know, something that I've, I've you know, I've, I've come this far to where I now actually feel comfortable beginning to pass on what I've learned to someone else and helping them to avoid the pitfalls, pitfalls and obstacles yeah. that I, you know, had to go through. Um, and again, you know, it's also important to remember, I think this is also where a lot of, uh, places get this messed up. Yeah, we're called to make disciples, but disciples of who? Yeah. It's not disciples of me. It's yep. not disciples of Erica. Yep. It's disciples of Yeshua. Exactly. And, you know, that's another thing I was thinking to myself when I was, you know, contemplating, well, what is legalism? It's like, well, the Bible can't be legalism. Legalism is when you take, and instead of trying to make disciples of Yeshua, you're trying to make disciples of your particular denomination, of your particular doctrine and uh thought process instead of saying this is what the bible says this is who yeshua says he is not who i say he is right and this is what he says and then you have the word of god to back you up so it's there's no legalism about it um there's something else i was gonna say but now i can't remember what it was well i'll get you'll get it next week yeah, yep. I'll, I'll remember it next week. Yeah, I know I, I missed one of those. I messed up one of those quotes one week and you did, definitely called me on it. I can't remember what it was, but it was terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, I said, like, don't do it. Like, be it. No, no. Maybe it was my mom. She said, you know, you said to, to be of the world. Was yeah, it? you said to yeah. be uh, in, in the, the world, world, but not of the world. And, I'm like, and I was that's like, that's backwards. Right. <laughs> I tend to do. I tend to go. Oh, backwards. I can't tell you. I was praying for someone the other day and I got uh, I was. You know, quoting something from the Bible, and I, I, I reversed it. I, I, I basically had the blessing, you know, one the one verse before the other verse. Oh, really? So, and as soon as I said it like that, was not the way it's supposed to come out. Yeah. <laughs> so we all make those kind of mistakes. Last night, like I feel like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, strike that, reverse it. Strike that, and reverse it. Yeah, the the older version, not the one with Johnny Depp, because I'll have that. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, I just I hope that that spoke to somebody today and maybe heartened you a little bit that you're not alone in this and. Um, I mean, shoot, if you need some guidance or something along those lines, please feel free to contact me and I will try to find somebody that can help you in your area if I'm not able to, or I'm not close enough. Um, but I, I do want to encourage those who have been longtime believers. If something like this comes into your lap, I know that we get comfortable in our own situations and then we get immersed in our own lives that it's really hard to take time out of what we want to do and what we're doing with our lives to really invest in other people's lives. And I can't tell you how hurtful it was for me, even being in a, a Christian church and, and wanting that mentorship. I've always said that of my mom. And really my mom has been my, my, the closest thing I could call to a mentor, which is not a bad thing, but I was like, I really would like somebody who's not, I'm not related to, mm-hmm. who could mentor me. Like they talk about, is it second Timothy? First Timothy, where they talk about, you know, the, the older, older women mm-hmm. training up the younger women. And mm-hmm. man, I remember going to the, uh, like a book club because I knew the older women would be there in hopes that somebody would mentor me and me outright saying that. And they 
kind of laughed in my face and they're like, yeah, we're not interested in doing that. I don't want to invest time in somebody who's going to be leaving in three or four years because you're military and your husband's going to be, you know, you'll have to move anyways. And that was just heartbreaking for me. So uh, don't be that person. Don't, you know, take the time to mentor these, these younger women and younger men, if you're a gentleman and, you know, just remember that the word of God is what we cling to, not man-made traditions, not man-made rules. And be blessed with your week. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Nope. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do like I normally do every single uh, podcast. I'm going to go ahead and do the ironic benediction. Did you want to sing with me? You want to let me sing that? You go ahead and sing it. Okay. You scared, honey? No, I'll do it if you want. Uh, You want me to do it? You can if you want. Okay, ready? Yep. <speaking in Hebrew> And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, we pray. Amen. Amen. Didn't, didn't want to do the English part, huh? I didn't want to confuse them. Uh, of course. All right. I hope you all have a fantastic week and that you'll tune in again next week. Shavua Tov. Shavua Tov. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com. Or you can email me at ELMMM3 at protonmail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one-minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica Lacasse. There's a button on my Anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much, and remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point, and I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.